Hi everyone, so today I'll be talking about how to dissect the brain and ventral nerve cord of a fly. So this might seem a bit off topic, but I've been working in a Drosophila, which is the fruit fly, uh, lab lately. And although there are uh, quite a few videos on how to dissect the brains of a fly, um, there I've actually not found a lot of videos that show um, how to dissect the brain and the ventral cord with both of them intact. And I actually haven't found any videos describing how to do this for a fly which has a chopped abdomen. So firstly, why the fruit fly? Well, uh, Drosophila, or the fruit fly, is a very common model organism used to study neurodegeneration uh, specifically, and uh, genetic diseases in general. And this is because um, Drosophila has quite a fast regeneration time. They mate and turn into adults within about 7 to 10 days. Uh, Drosophila also only has four chromosomes, which makes it easy to handle and easy to track what's going on throughout the genome of the organism. Uh, furthermore, um, in Drosophila, uh, one of the major uh, advantages of using Drosophila is that you can induce targeted gene expression within specific neurons. Imagine that. So that means, for example, in the Drosophila, um, I could express GFP, which is green fluorescent protein, uh, which makes cells fluoresce under light. I could express that only within, for example, five or six neurons throughout the entire organism. And that allows for highly targeted gene expression, which enables scientists to understand the role of specific neuronal circuits um, in producing certain disease phenotypes, for example. And what makes Drosophila even better is the fact that these uh, mutations or these genomic changes that are made can actually be preserved throughout generations. And this is due to the use of uh, certain chromosomes called balancer chromosomes, uh, which essentially prevent uh, the mutations from changing or from uh, becoming uh for example, homozygous to heterozygous through homologous recombination uh, during meiosis. And by preventing this from happening, the mutation can be studied in several different uh, Drosophila organisms, which makes it a lot more convenient for researchers to understand uh, what the exact role of mutations, certain mutations are. Uh, furthermore, uh, Drosophila, although they seem very different to humans, they actually share around 60% of the human genome and they're not too far off from uh, humans. So it does provide some degree of um, transferability. And also, partly this uh, could be just an extension of history because, uh, for example, sex-linked genes were, disco were discovered in Drosophila, which is a fruit fly. So it's kind of one of the main standards that are used uh, to study neurodegeneration and uh, genetic uh, diseases. A final reason that I haven't uh, that I forgot to mention is that in Drosophila, it's possible to mark certain mutations or certain the existence of certain balancer chromosomes uh, with certain very obvious disease, uh, very obvious phenotypes. So, for example, um, if you induce one mutation uh, called CYO. Uh, the Drosophila will suddenly show curly wings instead of straight wings that it normally has. Uh, similarly, you can alter their bristles on their skin um, by inserting the SB gene, which is a marker for a balancer chromosome. Uh, Drosophila, Drosophila can show a stubby phenotype, which means that their bristles will sort of look like stubs after shaving. They'll be short and spiky instead of the normal thinner and longer bristles that you see in the flies. 
So these are the, some of the reasons that Drosophila is used um, as a model organism. It's highly um, easy to study. It allows for a lot of genetic manipulations um, and you can maintain, preserve mutations and it doesn't take too long to grow and maintain. Now, coming to the main bit, which is how to dissect an uh, adult uh, Drosophila brain, central brain and ventral nerve cord. So before we get to this, we need to understand how a Drosophila uh, central brain and ventral nerve cord looks like. Well, essentially, you can imagine the central brain as a sort of cloud. So it consists of sort of four main bumps, per se, um, and it looks like four bubbles attached to each other, but obviously without the attached attaching lines. Um, or maybe you could think of it as a sofa with sort of the smaller uh bumps of the handles and then two bumps of the cushions um, but essentially it looks kind of uh, like a cloudy object with four bumps and similar to the ventral nerve cord um, its color is white and quite translucent in comparison to the drosophila cuticle so that's something to take note of um, similar by contrast actually the ventral nerve cord um, is not it's not necessarily a cloudy structure. It looks more sort of like an upside down Christmas tree you could think of. Um, so there's this very thin string that connects the uh, central brain to the ventral nerve cord. And then it's sort of like a bushy, thicker rod um, that uh, symbolizes, that represents the ventral nerve cord. And the VNC is again, the same color and uh texture is a brain it's translucent it's white it's quite paler than the rest of the body of the uh, drosophila fly uh, so these are some of the main uh, key things to watch out for um, the main recognizing factors for the central brain and vnc will be the shape and the color um, and that's just something that comes with practice and after seeing a couple of uh, central brains and vncs you'll have a fair idea of how exactly they look like and how to dissect one of them. Okay, so now that we've established how exactly to identify the central brain and VNC, um, let's get straight into the actual dissection bit. So firstly, um, usually you'll have a stock of flies um, because that's obviously where the flies come from. And um, to you'll have to first anesthetize them and then transfer them to the uh, fly pad. And there is a technique that I use for this. And I think it's uh, worth and it's helpful sharing my own techniques because I'm uh, someone who's recently joined the Fly Lab and I've learned all this pretty much with uh, quite little training or supervision per se. I was just sort of shown once or taught once then I had sort of learned by myself through practice and through videos. So um, I think this would really help new beginners or anyone who wants some tips on how to go about fly dissections. So getting back to the technique, uh, fly, you anesthetize flies using a CO2 gun, which is essentially a sort of gun-shaped material which emits carbon dioxide. And this carbon di dioxide anesthetizes the flies. So they pretty much drop like rocks to the bottom of the container. And then it's just pretty easy to just tap them out onto the fly pad. The fly pad, by the way, is sort of a little mini sheet. It's kind of like a mouse pad, um, but it looks, it doesn't have the same material. It's made of another material which emits uh, carbon dioxide from it. 
And essentially, flies are kept in these containers, which are cylindrical vials uh, and covered covered with a cotton bud. And uh, this it prevents the uh, flies from leaving, but it also allows room for you to insert the CO2 gun and anesthetize the flies. So the main problem that I encounter when trying to anesthetize flies is that whichever direction I face the bottle to insert the CO2 gun is where all the flies come crawling towards because they're always trying to get out. And the moment you slightly uh, shift the cotton pad inwards to stick in the CO2 gun is when the flies literally try to come crawling out and something gets stuck in the cotton pads. A lot of them don't uh, get anesthetized quickly enough, some may escape, and it's a complete nightmare. So to avoid this, I generally, um, in fact, turn them, turn the vial the opposite direction. So essentially, I place the vial horizontally and then I rotate it to the point where. Uh, to the point where I want the flies to drop, essentially. So I let the flies crawl all over to that point until they're all sort of crowding around there. And then I quickly rotate it back to the complete opposite point. And then I stick in my CO2 gun before they can crawl upwards to towards my gun and then quickly anesthetize them all. And while doing this, this isn't foolproof. Um, flies will still try to crawl through the cotton bud, even despite uh, tricking them into going to the opposite direction where you want them to go and then quickly turning, uh, rotating the vial. Um, and to avoid this, you have to, this is what I do, I usually keep tapping the vial down onto the table so that to force the flies and essentially push them downwards so they can't crawl upwards towards the cotton bud where your CO2 gun is. And that usually works for me. Um, and it's a lot safer if you don't feel confident in using CO2 guns and if there are a lot of flies that are scrambling to get out. So now that this has happened, just simply uh, open the cotton bud because all the flies are pretty much uh, unconscious and then just tap out one or two flies, how many ever you want to dissect onto the fly pad. And on the fly pad, which uh, the fly pad emits carbon dioxide, so the flies will stay pretty much unconscious. So now comes more of the dissection part. Um, what I like to do, in my experience, what I think works is cutting off the fly's legs first. Because the moment you chop off their abdomen, the fly's little two legs in the front or four legs in the front will... They'll keep scrambling. And yeah, it sounds a bit freaky that after chopping off the abdomen, the body and thorax are still sort of moving, but that's exactly what happens. And you don't want uh, to have to somehow catch the fly uh, with half its body trying to scramble to get out right after you chop off its abdomen. It's kind of more of a messy situation. Um, and it's also not very pleasing to the eye and it's more difficult to handle mentally. So I would not recommend that. So for me, what's worked is simply chopping off the legs in the beginning. So it's easy to take off the abdomen and there's no sort of crawling around or anything that you have to uh, resolve in that sense. So chop off the legs and then uh, chop off the abdomen. And this is by placing the fly upwards. So the fly will be facing, the fly's belly will be facing towards you essentially. Um, and it's pretty simple. Just take a sharp uh, blade, one of those small blades that you get, and just chop off the abdomen. That's it. Uh, just cut it straight through. Um, it'll come off on its own. And since it, the fly has no legs, there won't be any scrambling about that you have to resolve after that. And yeah, that's the first part of the dissection. 
So now coming to the second part, and this is actually the main part of the dissection and the most difficult part, actually, um, this is actually getting to the brains in the VNC. So we've gotten the fly's head and thorax, which contain the brain in the VNC. And then essentially, um, you take a PBS. So take a one-time solution of phosphate buffered saline, which you can order off Thermo Fisher or any other scientific market. Um, and then take about I would say around 500 microliters works for me but really enough to cover maybe uh, just a bit of the center of the slide it can even be up to like 200 microliters or up to one milliliter it's pretty much up to personal preference as long as there's enough to uh, place a floating fly head on it uh, maybe a bit more than that much uh, PBS but generally as long as it covers the center of the slide that should be enough so after that, use forceps to transfer the fly head to the PBS. Uh, so just a note on forceps, always make sure this really matters. It sounds like a trivial concept, but it's very, very helpful in fly dissections. Use, always use, try to use sharp forceps. Don't use very thick forceps or very blunt forceps. And also, this is also very important, use forceps that... Uh, joined together at the same location. You don't want a forcep where one arm is a bit shorter than the other um, or vice versa. And and because the fly is so tiny, it makes it very difficult to actually handle the whole dissection. And you can end up sort of cutting off parts that you didn't need to or finding it difficult to remove parts that you want to, which is considering a fly dissection is relatively hard already you don't want to take on that added stress which you could avoid by simply choosing better forceps so now back to the dissection if you want to dissect both the vnc and the central brain together this is very tricky and to achieve this i would suggest um, dissecting the ventral nerve cord first before um, entering the brain and this is simply because if you dissect the brain first um, it becomes a lot harder to actually maintain the connection between the brain and the ventral nerve cord um, while trying to dissect the vnc at the same time because the vnc is a lot is somewhat bigger it occupies more space in the brain and you have to get rid of a lot of cuticle to get to the vnc and if we're doing all of that with an already dissected brain, the chances of a sort of mistake or a few slipping up are much higher as compared to if the VNC is already present and then you just have to dissect the tinier, um, easier to find brain in general. So um, generally what I do, which really helps me, is to pin down the fly uh, belly upwards. And this sounds easy in theory, but really catching the fly in such a way that it's facing towards you and it's pinned down is rather difficult. And honestly, this just takes a bit of fiddling around. Um, generally, I try to take grab some of the cuticle of the fly, maybe a bit of the wing and a bit of the skin, or maybe some part of its the leftovers of its legs. And then I just pin it down in whatever direction it's facing. And then I just sort of somehow twist my forceps or grab other parts of the fly until it's facing upwards, so it's, until its belly is facing towards me. And that's the best position to start your dissection with because then the brain and the VNC are both facing you and you can get a good start into opening them. So after this, you simply, let's say you've pinned down the fly with one forcep, you take the other forcep and peel away the cuticle and here you have to be very careful because 
often it's easy to mix up the cuticle with the VNC, especially if you're a novice or if you're a beginner. But this is why you should be very careful as to what you're actually removing. And if there are any doubts as to whether you're removing the VNC, just stop and take a closer look or remove other parts of the cuticle until you have a better idea of what exactly is going on or which areas are being exposed with a fly. So I usually like to start somewhere from the sides um, or from the bottom. Um, it doesn't really matter that much as long as you, um, as long as you don't remove the VNC, um, and yeah, just try to expose the VNC. And one of the one major thing that you should watch out for is uh, to not try to pull uh, the cuticle from both sides with two different forceps. So for example, I don't want to be pulling on the left side with my left forcep and pulling on the right side of the fly with my right forcep. Because this, although it might sound like it'll remove the cuticle, it'll there's a pretty high chance that it could pretty much rip apart the VNC or rip the fly into half. And you do not want that happening because you also have the brain to preserve. So instead, I prefer to um, hold the fly with one forcep, let's say, hold the cuticle, and then from that same side, remove the, other, remove the cuticle with my second forcep. And that way, there's no risk of sort of uh, stretching the fly in some weird position, which may end up breaking or damaging the VNC. And again, uh, you might have to twist and bend your forceps in different shapes. That's what I had to do. Um, you might have to try little tricks. For example, you can use one arm of one forcep and not both arms to pin down the fly so that you have more space to use your other forcep and remove more of the cuticle. And you might have to keep changing the forcep with which you're holding the fly because you'll be use removing different parts of the fly. And um, that's kind of more something that you'll gain by experience, but... Um, definitely uh, these tips of not trying to essentially rip the fly apart and also of sort of just twisting your and using your forceps cleverly um, is something to take note of. Um, so now that you've extracted the VNC, um, another note, don't become obsessed with trying to remove every single piece of cuticle around the VNC. In fact, it's good to leave some cuticle so that you have something to hold on to when dissecting the brain. Because if there's nothing to hold on to, you're going to end up holding on to the brain, onto the head the entire time. And this has a very uh, high chance of actually pulling the brain away from the VNC due to which the connection between the brain and the VNC can actually break. And you don't want that connection to be severed. This is a very, I, I think this is one of the highest risks in a, adult uh, central brain and ventral nerve cord fly dissection um, the fact that you don't want them to be separated you want them intact so definitely leave some cuticle around the vnc uh, so now getting back to the brain so for this i generally like to hold the proboscis which is the sort of little sticking out mouthpiece of the uh, drosophila fruit fly and then extract or sort of pull on the edges of the of the eyes and here, be careful not to stab the eyes because the brain can be uh, somewhere around or near the eyes and you don't want to accidentally stab the brain. So just gently hold the edges of the eyes or you can go from underneath uh, the fruit fly or from behind it um, because it's easier to get the actual skin part, which is what you want. So while holding the proboscis, um, just tap on the or just loosen the edges of the eyes so that they're not... Uh, held on to the brain so tightly or held on to the cuticle or the muscle so tightly and then um, 
try to do that for more of the tissue around the face uh, while leaving the brain intact. And then slowly peel away at the cuticle um, of the face. And this is one tip that I actually found this on YouTube, but it really helped me. Do not pull the eyes sideways. Do not pull the left eye to the left or the right eye to the right because you do not want... Uh, the brain to get ripped into two, essentially. It's pretty much the same argument that, that I said for the VNC. Um, by pulling the eyes on both sides, you actually have a chance of stretching the brain uh, due to which you can uh, rip it apart. So instead, what I would recommend and what worked for me is to pull them upwards and to do this gently as well. Don't just just pull it upwards because the eye is kind of connected to the brain through all this tissue and cuticle and everything and if you pull too harshly the brain could sort of come along with it and again that would break the connection between the brain and the vnc which is something that you don't want to happen so a lot of it's to do with uh being very careful with how you're dissecting it um but yeah, generally just sort of make a loose flap around the brain and then just slowly tease away the cuticle parts and now is the last part, which is the neck. This is actual death. Uh, removing the cuticle around the neck is very difficult because the connection between the brain and the VNC is very thin. And you might accidentally just um, break it or sever it with your forceps. So to do this, um, as I mentioned, you should leave some cuticle around the VNC which also covers the neck. So hold the uh, cuticle near the VNC and then while holding that, uh, remove some of the cuticle from the neck. And because they're pretty close by, holding the cuticle from the VNC won't actually, has a much lower chance of actually ripping the neck apart, uh, the connection between the brain and the VNC apart. So um, it's slightly easier to remove the cuticle around the neck. Um, and again, similarly, just pin the fly down and do it one by one and do it slowly. But don't try to be too much of a perfectionist here because um, in case, there's a much higher risk with the neck of you actually breaking the connection. And I mean, is the trade-off really worth it? So it really uh, depends as well on what imaging you're trying to do, etc. But in general, don't stress too much if you can't get every bit of cuticle out because it's safer than trying to do so and ending up uh, breaking the, the connection between the brain and the VNC. So just to recap, you start with uh, dissecting the VNC, um, ideally open it up from the front. Um, I would say also just make a st slight stab towards the center slash sides of the, uh, of the Drosophila fly and then just slowly remove the cuticle. Do the same for the uh, lower part of the thorax and then uh, go up to the brain and then finally try to eliminate as much cuticle as you can around the neck. And that's a very brief summary of how to dissect an adult Drosophila of central brain and VNC. So grab it, face it to it, make it face you. Um, don't pull at it from both edges at the same time because you'll rip the fly apart. Um, don't try to be too rough. Um, also, start uh, from the side so that you don't uh, take away the VNC by accident. And as for the brain, loosen the eyes, but don't pull them apart. Um, remove the proboscis, uh, remove the antennae, uh, which uh, as you can, uh, remove the forehead area, the cuticle uh, surrounding the hindbrain, the forebrain, uh, just, uh, but, and also then finally tease the uh, eyes 
upwards and not sideways so you don't rip the brain apart and yeah so in the end uh, a lot of it's just about practice and I hope that you're able to get a fly dissection even if you might not do one in the future I do think it's something interesting to know about these things are tiny and it's definitely great practice if you want to go into a field such as surgery microsurgery or neurosurgery um it's definitely great to understand how to recognize distinct uh, organs and how to dissect them and as well as improve your fine motor control.